As we jump back into our series in Ezra, I have a question. I'm going to ask you to participate in this question. Uh, would you be willing to admit, own it, raise your hand, would you be willing to admit that sometime in your life you ruined something to the point where you had to start all over again from scratch? Anybody? Okay. And then we like five liars in the room that said that they've never done that. So we'll pray for the liars, uh, that God would grab a hold of your heart and change you. Now, we've, we probably all have experienced different things in our lives, and we've ruined them to the point where we had to start over. Like maybe you were baking a cake. I've never personally done that, but maybe you were baking a cake, and uh, you put the, the cake batter in the pan. You put the pan in the oven. See, I know the steps. And you put the pan in the oven, you close the oven, and then you realize, you look on the counter, and you realize that you put salt into the batter instead of sugar, and you ruined it. No one wants to eat a salt cake, and so you ruined it, and yet had to throw it away and start over. I know, for me, I've done this with putting things together, uh, whether it's maybe putting a bed frame together, or you go and you buy a cabinet uh, a bookshelf, one of these kind of things you buy and you have to assemble it. And then as you're assembling it, I've sometimes gotten like three quarters of the way through and I realize, oh no, that piece is upside down or that piece is backwards and all of the holes are on the wrong side. Or, oh no, here's a piece that was supposed to go in here like 10 steps ago. And I had to disassemble it all the way back almost to the beginning and start over. Maybe you can relate to that frustration. But imagine that something like that happened, and you're just like, yeah, I'm just going to quit. Like, imagine it's my daughter's birthday, which is coming up this month. So imagine it's my daughter's birthday, and I'm baking the cake, and I realize, oh, no, I ruined the cake. Oh, well, I guess we'll get her a birthday cake next year. Sorry, honey, uh, no cake this year, right? You'd be like, you're a terrible dad. If I was putting together a bed frame and I got like almost to the end and I realized, oh no, this piece here was supposed to go around this way, nah, I'm not tearing it apart at this point and I just threw it in the garbage. Hey, hon, get the sleeping bags out. We're going to sleep on the floor. Probably not going to go over well. If you've ever done something like that, you probably wanted to quit or wanted to give up, but there's certain things that matter like beds and celebrating birthdays that you just can't quit. You can't just give in and give up. you got to start over and finish what you started. And that's what we're going to be talking about this morning. You know, we don't want to go through life with this attitude when things get hard, when things get discouraging, when, things, when we hit the rough patches in life, that we just throw our hands up and say, well, that's just too much effort. I'm out. I quit. I'm moving on with something else. We are studying the book of Ezra. If you haven't opened up your Bibles there yet, see if you can find the book of Ezra while I'm talking. Ezra is the story, the Old Testament story, of the Israelites returning back to Judah after 70 years in captivity. And when they got there, everything was ruined, and they had to start over. Now, what's interesting about their story is they wanted to give up a number of times, and we'll look at some of that today together, but it was important that they didn't give up. It was important that they finished what they started. The end of chapter 4, where Pastor Caleb left off last week, 
did a great job walking us through chapter 4. We really appreciate that. At the end of chapter 4, they had, they had gotten the temple started up again. And they got the foundations laid and a big celebration. And everyone's excited. And then some people groups from around the area didn't like what was going on. And so they started this campaign against them, and they had the legal authorities show up. Where's your building permit? You don't have a building permit to do this. And so they wrote this nasty letter uh, to the king, and uh, the king reads the letter, and it's like, oh, these, uh, these Jewish people are troublemakers, and if you let them do this, they're just going to be a big headache for you. And the king agreed. And so he wrote back, yeah, absolutely. I don't want a bunch of troublemakers in the kingdom. Shut it down. And if you jump down to verse 23 of chapter 4, it says, when they got that letter, that those people groups, those peoples in, uh, in authority, when they got the letter, it says, they went immediately to the Jews in Jerusalem, and they compelled them by force to stop. Now, just think about the language there. Compelled them by force to stop. And the work on the house of God in Jerusalem came to a standstill. Now, what's interesting about that verse is this. They had every legal right to do what they were doing. They had the building permit to do it. They had permission and authority from King Cyrus to rebuild that temple. But as soon as things got hard, as soon as they got some pushback from some people that didn't like them, as soon as they came across some discouragement, they quit. They gave up. They didn't write a letter back to the king saying, whoa, whoa, hold up. Would you please just look in the archives? Would you look somewhere in the filing cabinet? We have a building permit. We're allowed to do this. Would you just take a minute and look for it? They didn't do that. For 16 years, they let the thing stop at a standstill. I don't know if that's something that you can relate to. Probably some of us can, where things get hard and you just want to give up. Maybe you made a commitment to something, whatever it might be, and you came across uh, something discouraging. The, the fulfilling that commitment was harder than you thought it was going to be. It required more sacrifice than you thought it was going to require, and you just wanted to give up. Maybe you have experienced times in life when you're tired, when you're worn out. We all do. But there's times when we get tired and we're worn out and we just don't feel like putting the effort in anymore. It's like, this isn't worth it. I don't know. I, I think I'm done. I think I'm out. Maybe your life got busy. All of our lives do. But it got busy to the point where you neglected your marriage or you neglected uh, real time of investment in your children's lives, right? Just, you're just kind of going through life, and life's pulling you along more than you having control over the things in your life that you're doing, right? One of those kind of things, and it just kind of snowballs. And before you know it, these relationships are kind of a mess. And you look at it, you know, I don't like that, but I don't know. I think I'm out. I think I'm done. Maybe you never intended to drift away from God. And just over time, without giving intentional thought to your faith, it just kind of happened. And you wake up one day and you realize, 
I think it's been months since I've prayed. I, I think it's been like months since I've sat down and read my Bible. And I'm not real sure how I got here, but that's where I'm at. And I don't want to be this wishy-washy, half-hearted Christian, but when I think about the effort that it's going to take to get where I need to be as a follower of Jesus, it just seems really hard, and I don't know if I want to put the effort in. I think I'm out. As we start chapter 5, here's what we're going to hear God say in chapters 5 and 6 today. As the, as the people of Israel got pushed back, they got discouraged, and they just gave up. We're going to hear God say to them, and I believe to us, you can't quit. You can't let failure or fear or discouragement or difficulty stop you from doing what God has called you to do. You need to finish what you started. The first two verses, would you look at that with me? Chapter 5, verse 1, says, at that time. Now, what's fascinating about verse 1 is that there are 16 years that come between the last verse of 24, that says the work of the temple in Jerusalem stopped, it came to a standstill, and then we jump into verse 1 of chapter 5, and there's like 16 years that have passed by. And the prophets Haggai and Zechariah prophesied to the Jews in Judah and Jerusalem. They prophesied in the name of the God of Israel who was over them. And this is what they said to the leaders. You need to get started again. And Zerubbabel and Jeshua, they responded to what Haggai and Zechariah were saying to them. It says in verse 2, by starting again to rebuild the temple of God in Jerusalem. And those, those prophets, as even says here in verse 2, they even jumped in and helped out. God had called Haggai and Zechariah to challenge God's people to get to work. You need to finish what you started. Now, Ezra doesn't give us a lot of the backstory in between the last verse of, of chapter 4 and the first verse of chapter 5, but Haggai does. He's the prophet that's mentioned here, and he has a book, and I'm going to jump over there. If you would jump with me, it's toward the end of the Old Testament. Now, it's not a book that we go to very often. I understand that. Uh, I cheated just for speed, and I put the little ribbon thing there so I could find it real quick. Right? But if you can't find Haggai, go to the table of contents in the beginning of your Bible, just like any other book, end of the Old Testament, last few books in there, you'll find Haggai. Join me there. I'm going to fill in the story between verse 24 of chapter 4 and verse 1 of chapter 5 with Haggai's account. So it's August 29th. It's the second year of King Darius's reign, so a different king. There was a king that had shut down the project. He dies, and now Darius is the new king. And the Lord gave a message through the prophet Haggai to the, the government leaders of Jerusalem, to the political leaders, the uh, spiritual leaders, and to the people. Verse 2, this is what the Lord of heaven's armies said. The people are saying, the time has not yet come to rebuild the house of the Lord. 
And the time's not right. Yeah, we know we should do it. We know we should probably get back to it. I mean, it's been a while, but it's not the right time. And God had had enough. In verse 3, it says, The Lord sent this message through the prophet Haggai. Okay, then, why are you living in luxurious houses while my house, while the temple, lies in ruins? Why is that happening? That's not okay. This is what the Lord of Heaven's armies says. Look at what's happening to you. Would you look at your life? You planted much, but you harvest little. You eat, but you're not satisfied. You drink, but you're still thirsty. You put on clothes, but you can't keep warm. Your wages disappear as, as though you're putting them into your pockets and they're filled with holes. You can't get ahead. Life for you is tough. Why is that happening? Verse 7, look what's happening to you. Look at your life. Here's what you need to do. Verse 8, you need to go up to the hills, bring down the timber, and rebuild my house. You need to finish what you started. And then I will take pleasure in it and be honored, says the Lord. You hoped for rich harvests, but they were poor. When you brought your harvest home, I blew it away. Why was God doing this? Because my house lies in ruins, while all of you are busy building your own fine houses. It's a priority issue. They had taken their priorities and they had flipped them upside down, and God had had enough. It's because of you that the heavens withhold the dew, and the earth produces no crops. I've called uh, for a drought on your fields and hills, a drought to wither the grain and grapes and olive trees and all the other crops, a drought to starve you and your livestock, to ruin everything you've worked so hard to get. It's almost like God saying, do I have your attention now? It's been 16 years. Do I have your attention? And so Haggai gives them this, this word from God, and they respond. So you have the governmental officials, the spiritual leaders, the whole remnant of God's people. It says, they began to obey the message from the Lord their God. And when they heard the words of the prophet, whom the Lord their God had sent, the people feared the Lord. Now, verse 13 is really important. As they're getting ready to rebuild the temple, get started on what they uh, had left go for 16 years, it says, I, God says, I am with you. It's going to come back. Hold on to that thought. But verse 14, now they're excited again. Verse 14, it, the Lord sparked enthusiasm in the governmental officials. He sparked enthusiasm in the religious leaders. He sparked enthusiasm in the hearts of the people. And they began to work on the house of their God, the Lord of Heaven's armies, on September 21st, the second year of King Darius' reign. Now, what had stopped them was discouragement and, and uh, hardship, difficulty, setbacks, selfishness. These are the kind of things that stopped them from doing the things that they should have been doing. They just wanted to give up. And what's interesting is, even after they got started here, in the very next chapter, look, we end on September 21st, but it's October 17th in verse 1 of chapter 2, and God's got to send Haggai out again to say, guys, what are you doing? We just got started, and, you're, and you stopped again. It was only a month. And he had to get out there and remind them to get back to work. If you jump to verse 4, the Lord says this, right? They're discouraged. Maybe they're being lazy. Maybe their priorities are messed up. Whatever it is, God says this 
in verse 4 of chapter 2. Be strong, all you people still left in the land, and now get to work, for I am with you. Be strong, get to work, finish what you started, for I am with you. And maybe that's what you need to hear right now in your life. Maybe you made a commitment to something, whatever it is, and it's harder than you thought it was going to be. It's taking longer than you imagined it would. It's requiring more sacrifice than you thought you wanted to give. And you've experienced some discouragement. Maybe you've experienced some hardship, maybe even failure along the way. And you might feel like giving up. You might feel like it's just not worth the effort. But you need to be strong. You need to get to work and finish what you started. And remember that God is with you. If you made a commitment, finish what you started. Colossians 3, 23 and 24 says, whatever you do, whatever you do, work at it with all of your heart. Don't give anything a half-hearted effort. Whatever you're doing, work at it with a whole heart and do it as if you're working for the Lord, not for men, not for other human beings. You know that you're going to receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, so work as though you're working for Christ. Whatever it is, it might be a project for school. It might be the gruel of practicing an instrument or maybe holding babies in the nursery or working on your marriage, filling out those reports at work. Whatever it is, don't give anything a half-hearted effort. Always give God your best. Be strong when it gets tough. And work. Finish what you started because God is with you. you. This is a life principle that was really important to my mom. I can remember growing up and just the frustration that my mom would have at different times. When my dad would start another home project, when there were still three or four home projects that he hadn't finished, he kind of had that, uh, that pattern where, you know, it's really fun to draw up the plans it's, it's really exciting to go to the, the Home Depot or Lowe's or whatever and buy the materials. But what would often happen is the project would be harder than he thought. It would take longer than he thought. He would maybe get distracted. Oh, this, this needs done over here. And I can remember the frustration that my mom had over and over again. And she would just say it like this. She said, would you please? I'm, I'm glad you're doing these projects. You do a great job. She, she had a way of... Uh, uh, saying things in a way that is like, oh, I appreciate you're doing these things, but would you please just finish what you started? Before you start this next project, would you please just finish what you started? And I'm wondering if maybe there is someone in your life right now that would say that to you if they could. You made a commitment to me. You made a promise me. And I know we've experienced uh, some failure along the way, but I'm asking you don't give up. I'm asking you not to quit and walk away. Would you please just finish what you started? We jump back into our story in Ezra. God is telling them in between chapter 4 and chapter 5, God says, you guys need to be strong. You need to get to work, 
Finish what you started and remember that I'm with you. And I want to just pause on that phrase. When God says, I am with you, what does that mean, practically speaking? Well, in the story in chapter 5 and chapter 6, what happens is the building inspector showed up, which is normal, right? They hadn't been working on this thing for 14, 16 years, and now all of a sudden it, the construction starts up again, and the building inspector shows up and says, what are you doing? That's normal. And they explained to them what was going on. But here's the difference. Fifteen years in, in the past, the building inspector shows up, and he's got this really bad attitude. He doesn't like the Jewish people, and he writes this nasty letter to get them shut down. He just got an attitude problem. But this building inspector shows up in chapter 5, chapter 6, and his attitude's completely different. He's got a legit question. Where's your building permit? I don't see it in the window. Like, we don't have windows. We still have the walls uh, to do, right? And they explain to him what's going on, and they say, uh, we have building permits. Would you just check at the Capitol? Okay, here's what we're going to do. You guys can keep building. You can keep working, and I'm going to check at the Capitol for your building permit. And that's what he did. Why did that happen? Why the change? Because God was with them. So the guy, he writes to the king, and uh, you know what happened last time they wrote to the king? The king said, well, these are a bunch of troublemakers. We're shutting this thing down. And so you can imagine as the letter gets written, and then there's some, I'm sure, that were thinking, oh, here we go again. Here we go again. Why we, let's, Don't even bother. Put the blocks down. Let's just all go home. They already wrote the letter. It's probably we're going to get shut down again. But Darius was the king now, and he had a completely different attitude. He was more like Cyrus. He believed in religious freedom for the people. And, uh, and so the letter gets to Cyrus, and he has his officials or whoever does that kind of thing look for the building permit. They find it. I don't know there's a filing cabinet somewhere. I don't know what they did, but they found the, the building permit. And uh, not only did they find that they had permission from King Cyrus to build it, but also that the government was to fund it. There was a memorandum about that, and so the king writes back to the local officials and said, yeah, we found the building permit, and by the way, you need to fund the project out of the taxes that you collect in that area, and he also wrote this memorandum, if anyone messes with these guys while they're trying to rebuild, here's what you're supposed to do. You need to take a beam out of that person's house, destroy the house, and then impale that person on the beam. Not messing around, right? It's a pretty rough way to die. You can read it. I didn't make that up. You're like, oh my. It's in there. That's what he said to do. The point is, what was different about 15 years ago? God was still with them, but there was challenges then. And there's challenges now, but God was with them. And it was all part of God's plan and God's timing. And God had changed the attitude of the people. God had changed the heart of, of, of who was in charge. And the temple got rebuilt. When you get to the end of chapter 6, the temple's rebuilt. There's this great celebration. Everyone is excited. But it wasn't easy. It took them four years to get there. So they got started again, and four years later, that's a lot of hard work. And there were challenges along the way. There were setbacks along the way. They got tired. They got worn out. They got discouraged. They had bad attitudes. All of those things. But God was with them. 
And they finished what they started because God said, guys, you need to be strong. You need to get back to work. Finish what you started. Remember that I am with you. And here's why this story from 520 B.C. matters in your life today. Because God has called some of you to do something for him, and, and when he called you to do it, you were excited. You were on board. You were on fire. Yes! And then it got hard. And then something didn't work out the way that you'd hoped, or uh, you got discouraged along the way. You were disappointed about something. Maybe you had some uh, failure along the way, and like, well, oh, i got to start all over again, and just I don't know if it's even worth the effort. And you need to hear God say, no, no, don't quit. Be strong. Get to work. Finish what you started because I'm with you. This is why this story from the book of Ezra matters in your life today because some of you have stopped putting in the effort. And maybe it's at work. Maybe it's at school, maybe it's in your marriage, maybe it's as a parent, maybe it's as a friend, maybe it's in your faith, but you have stopped putting in the effort. It's like you're on the 16-year the, the lunch break, like the Israelites were, because it was hard. We got some pushback. It, didn't, it wasn't as easy. It requires more of me than I want to put in. And you stopped trying because you got discouraged. You stopped trying because it was hard. You stopped trying because you were distracted with something that was more exciting, something that was easier. You stopped trying because you failed, and the thought of starting over was too much. And you need to hear God say, no, 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 don't quit. Don't quit. You need to be strong, get to work, finish what you started because I'm with you. Here's why this 2,500-year-old story matters in your life today, because some of you have gotten off track with God. And you've drifted from Him. And you didn't intend to end up where you are, and you didn't intend necessarily to set out to have all these failures along the way as you were drifting, but that's where you're at. And you need to hear from God saying, come back, don't quit, don't give up, you need to come back. And we're going to start over. Philippians 1.6 says, He who began a good work in you, that's God, who has begun a good work in you, will carry it on to completion until the day Jesus comes back. He's not done with you. You might have had failure along the way, but he's not done with you. Later on in the next chapter, Paul writes this, Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Continue to pursue a mature faith, for it is God who works in you to will. It's God who works in you to act according to His purpose for your life. God's not done with you yet. And so if you've drifted, if you failed, come back, repent, start over, be strong, get to work, finish what you started because God is with you. This ancient story matters in your life today because some of you have never trusted Jesus as your forgiver of sin, as your savior from hell. And it may be that the failures that you've experienced in, in this year, 
in recent years, the difficulties that you're experiencing right now, it may be that they have brought you to this moment. To this moment when you realize that you need a fresh start. And you're not sure where to find it. Or you're in the right spot. Because Jesus specializes in giving people a fresh start. You think about your failures and you, you take a look at the things in your life that have fallen apart, the mistakes that you've made. All those things have to be paid for. All your failures, all your mistakes, all of mine, they all have to be paid for because God is holy, because God is righteous. He is just. Those things don't just go away. And the problem is we don't have what it takes to pay God that sin debt. And we never will. That's why Jesus came. He sacrificed his own life. He paid the sin debt for us with his own innocent blood. Listen, Jesus is willing to give you his righteousness, to apply his righteousness to you, to make you right with God. And he earned that right on the cross. He proved that he earned that right when he rose from the dead three days later. Jesus can give you a fresh start. He earned that right. When he died for you, he can give you a new heart. He can change your life. You just need to repent and trust Jesus alone to do for you what you cannot do for yourself. Now, here's what's amazing about this. Not only when you trust Christ as your forgiver, as your savior, not only does, does he wipe the slate clean, not only does he give you eternal life and, and the Holy Spirit to live inside of you, not only does he give you a brand new heart and make you right with God, those are all incredible things. But listen, from that day forward, no matter what difficulty, no matter what challenge, no matter what tragedy you walk through, God will be with you. You don't walk it alone anymore. You know, I think about 2020, as, you know, we're getting close to the end of it, and we're kind of all breathing a sigh, hopefully of relief, like, please just be done 2020, right? And there's like one weird person in the room who's like, I love 2020, it was great. You're weird. 2020 was terrible. But we think about this past year, and it's been full of great challenges. And it's been filled with discouragement and, and disappointment and, and hardships, difficulty. You know, for some, this has just been a year of fear. For some, there's been failure. But you need to hear this. God's not done writing our story. And God's not done writing your story. If you, are, if you are breathing, if your heart is beating, you have not yet reached the finish line. And God's not done writing your story. Paul wrote this in 1 Corinthians. He says, don't you know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? And his challenge was, so Run. Run like you're trying to get the prize. Don't just go through life half-hearted. Don't let life take you along. Run like you're trying to win the race. You need to finish what you started. It's not time to give up just because you're discouraged. It's not time to give in just because you've gotten some pressure from the enemy. It's not time to quit pursuing God's will just because it's harder than you thought it would be. 
It's not time to throw in the towel just because something is more difficult than you want it to be. And it's not time to walk away just because you failed and you don't really feel like starting over. No, don't quit. Be strong. Get to work. Finish what you started and remember that God is with you. He's going to walk with you through it. So I'm going to finish with a question and a challenge. Here's the question. Is there something in your life right now that you know you need to finish? I'm just asking God right now that he would lay that on your heart, that he would lay that on your mind right now in this moment. Is there something in your life right now that you need to finish what you started? And as God lays that on your heart, whatever it is, here's the challenge. What are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it today? What steps are you going to take this week to finish what you started? God's promised to be with you. He's promised to help you. But you've got to be strong and get to work.